0: Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Calling All Detectives. You can hear all sorts of things at a bar, even the outlines of murder. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The Casebook of Jerry Browning, Private Detective. A private detective like me, Jerry Browning, can never forget that his license makes him a supplement of the regular police force. At a quarter past one in the morning, the bar of the Driftwood Cocktail Lounge was as crowded as a rush hour streetcar. Now, I can think of lots better ways of spending an evening than wedging myself in with a bunch of drunks, amiable or otherwise. I was working. For Danny Minor, owner of the Driftwood A man obsessed with the sad suspicion That some of his bartenders Were declaring themselves in as silent partners Conversations at a bar If you're sober can drive you crazy So I says to him I say,
0: You can't talk to me like that, Shazai She was wearing a green hat And pony feathers So very he was Well, a bartender's for it and smiling like he just heard a funny joke.
1: That jerked my head around. To a foolish-faced youth who was leaning partly on the bar and partly on a thin, bitter-mouthed girl in a leopard-skin coat.
0: How can a guy with a bullet in his head hear funny jokes, Aggie?
1: I moved around a couple of ears. I'll answer that, pal. It depends on how deep is the bullet and how funny is the joke. The girl tried to elbow me away, but her companion... <laughs>
0: Oh, yes, that a rich one. How deep is the bullet? (laughs) Oh, that I'll tell you. Deep enough. Now you tell me, pal. How funny is the joke?
1: I closed my hand over his arm. Let's you and me go back there and find out. A drunk at a bar babbled about having seen a dead man someplace. It's easy to get a drunk out of a bar. You just hold on to him and tuck. But it isn't so easy to handle his fighting mad girlfriend. Oh,
0: Aggie, don't spoil the fun. We're going to find out what was the joke. Come here, my pal.
1: I was trying to hang on to the drunk and fend off the girl, and not doing too well at either, when. What's going on here? The girl took one look at the cop and fled. The cop was holding me, I was holding the drunk, so I let the girl get away. I'm Jerry Browning, private detective. This man has witnessed a murder someplace. The cop was smart. He understood the situation instantly.
0: Well, no. I've always wanted to see one of them myself. What's your name, fella? Farrell? Jimmy Farrell, what's yours? Tommy McGilligan. Where have you been, Jimmy? Been all over, all over town. Made all the stops. Even seen a fellow with a bullet in his forehead and smiling like he heard a good joke.
1: The cop and I exchanged glances. What did you say that happened, Jimmy?
0: I didn't say.
1: He teetered dangerously.
0: Make a streets stand still, fellas.
1: The cop propped up the boy's head gently. Come on, Jimmy. You've got to think. Where did you see the dead man?
0: Drink. Gotta have a drink and not water.
1: The cop looked at me. No more. Once he passes out or sobers up completely, he's liable to forget everything completely. Hang on to him, McGilligan. I'll go get my car. Bring him in here, McGilligan. We'll make the rounds of every spot within walking distance of this place. That was easy to say, but we were in the theatrical district. and Within a radius of ten blocks, there were upward of forty bars and lounges. Jimmy, look around. Is this the place?
0: Nice place you got here. Let's have a drink.
1: Jimmy, is this the place?
0: Never been here in my life.
1: In the next hour, we made almost 20 stops, and Jimmy Farrell was beginning to get sleepy, irritable, and sober around the edges. Who
0: are you guys? What's the idea of pushing me around?
1: Jimmy, where did you see the man with the bullet in his head?
0: You'll never find out, wise guys. I'll find out.
1: Oh. Okay, Jimmy. Well, ask Aggie, your girlfriend.
0: Aggie Monroe? Go on, she's too smart. I don't know who you are. Cops.
1: I pulled the car over to the curb, stared at the boy. We were going about this wrong. Even if we took him into every joint in town, we still wouldn't know when we stumbled over the right place if he wouldn't identify it. Jimmy sat there between us, let his head slump down on his chest, asleep dozing or pretending didn't make much difference which What are we doing now, Mr. Browning? We start getting smart Suppose this shooting happened in a bar someplace Why didn't anybody else report it? And if it happened in a back room at some dive Why would they let this kid and his girl go? Well, it didn't have to happen that way Maybe they passed the body in an alley someplace I thought of that The answer is no This boy saw the man's face it had to be light enough to note the expression, some facial contortion that made the dead man appear to be smiling. You need light to see that. Okay, so what do we do about it? We make him talk. I shook the boy. Hey. Wake up, Jimmy. No use playing possum. We're going to Aggie's house. It wasn't altogether a shot in the dark. It figured, and it worked. No, none of do that. He'll
0: kill me, too. He's got a gun.
1: This is your last chance, Jimmy. Give us the address, and I'll guarantee that we will not take you there. The logic of liquor. You never know what turns the trick.
0: Seville, 627 Sylvan Drive, third floor, front.
1: We didn't take Jimmy there. Instead, ten minutes later...
0: Cars 11, 13, 22, roving squad four. Proceed to 627 Sylvan Drive, signal six.
1: Squad cars got there just as Pete Wilder, alias Joe Stewart, alias several other names, was trying to lug the dead body of his partner out the rear entrance of the tenement. We knew Pete Wilder by many names. One of the things we didn't know was his real name, Pete Monroe, Aggie Monroe's brother. Pete and his partner had held up a gas station earlier in the evening, took the loot to Aggie's apartment to divide, and quarreled. Aggie and Jimmy Farrow were in the front parlor. Jimmy had been drinking, which saved his life. Aggie persuaded a brother to let them go, even though Jimmy had seen the wounded man stagger out, die at his feet. Jimmy was the kind of drunk who didn't remember things after he sobered up. Aggie promised to fill him with liquor so he'd forget completely. He did forget, utterly, by the next morning. But that didn't do Pete Monroe any good. He got the chair. Like I said, when they give a private detective a badge and a license to carry a gun and a chance to make a living... They give him something else, a responsibility to support the law.